Some, some stuff will be new and some things will be refresher. Amen? I want to talk about, to you about some things about the Holy Spirit the Bible says are quite clear in Scripture. Amen? Let us pray. Father, thank you for those that you've gathered tonight into this place. For your presence. Father, we worship you. Spirit of God, we honor you. We glorify you. We we give you first place. Father, may the word not just come to us, but be birthed and created within us. Bring life to the word tonight. Open our eyes, our spiritual ears to hear all that you are saying to the church tonight. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. This was, uh, I want to share this, we shared this morning about Noah. We can learn a lot of things from Noah. Listen up. Amen. Everything I needed to know about life, I learned from Noah's ark. Number one, don't miss the boat. Two, remember that we're all in the same boat. Three, plan ahead. It wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. Four, stay fit. When you're 600 years old, someone may ask you to do something really big. Five, don't listen to critics. Get on with the job that needs to be done. Six, build your future on high ground. Seven, for safety's sake, travel in pairs. Eight, speed isn't always an advantage. The snails were on board with the cheetahs. 
Nine, when you're stressed, float a while. Ten, remember the ark was built by amateurs, but the Titanic was built by professionals. Remember that number 11, no matter the storm, when you're with God, there's always a rainbow waiting. Amen. You want to kind of move up a little bit? Tonight's Bible study. Come on, the first six or seven rows, everybody crowd up on us. Come on. Those in the back, we'll move up here to the first four, five, six rows. And uh, not up a whole bunch, but just come on up a little bit. You can even sit in the front row if you'd like tonight. This Holy Spirit, this, as I heard it taught so many times, the water, steam, and ice, yoke, the shell, and the egg, the Father in creation, the Son of Redemption, the Holy Spirit today. However we look at it, there's some interesting things. And uh, we'll start tonight. We may finish. If not, we'll pick it up, finish it next Sunday. Uh, I want to bring a scripture. I didn't get a chance to give it to them in the back. Turn with me to Acts chapter 1. I mean, they've got a bunch of scriptures back there. But Acts chapter 1, you need to see this. Acts chapter 1, verse 1 in the King James Version. Would you read that, Cheryl? All right. Raise up one of your hands and say, Lord, open my eyes. Now listen closely. If you can get it up, that would be great. Acts 1, verse 1. This is Acts 1, verse 2. Go ahead. Read 1 and 2. Or 1 and 2, go ahead. Acts chapter 1, verse 2. All right, verse 2, until the day in which he was taken up. Until the day, talking about Jesus, he was what? Taken up. After that. At, say, after that. After the ascension, he's gone, right? He would says. He, through the Holy Ghost, had. He, through the Holy Ghost. Had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. Christ, you're not speaking to Jesus in your prayer time. Look at that verse again. Let's get it up there on the screen if we can. I know I didn't give it to you. You're not speaking to Jesus in your prayer time. Jesus doesn't even speak to you. He goes through the Holy Ghost. The, the agent of communion that you have with God, <clears throat> you may think, oh, Lord, I'm here to talk to you. Jesus, it's you and me tonight. I say my prayers, let me down to sleep. You're not talking to Jesus. Because even Jesus communicated with his followers. Other versions say the apostles and the followers, the chosen. Can't get it up? Read it again slowly. Until the day in which he was taken up. Say taken up. Where's Jesus? Say bye-bye. He's gone. 
After that. He after he was what? Bye-bye. After he was bye-bye. After that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. The chosen who are you, the apostles, receive communion with God by the Holy Spirit. Do you see how important the relationship is with the Holy Spirit? Yes. You're not really communicating with Jesus. I think God overlooks a lot of things. You're really communing with the Holy Spirit. But they're all three in one. Christ, what? In you, the hope of glory. Now, there are some teachings going around that we need to understand as we approach this. When we look at, if you're looking at your handout, there's some teachings that are so contrary to the word of God, but see, unless you have the Holy Spirit, you're not going to be real sharp to catch this stuff. How many of you hear what I'm saying? So, for example, number one, open theism. That philosophy believes that God is great, but he doesn't know the future. Literally. That God wants us to freely choose him so he's not sure which way we're going to choose down the road. Now, how many of you know that's ridiculous? But see, if you don't have that Holy Ghost prompting you, how many of you have heard some weird doctrine and it just checked you in your spirit? Amen? Uh, hyper grace. We, we all believe in grace. I'm a living testimony of grace. So are some of you here. I believe in God's grace. But there's a thing called hyper grace. It doesn't give you a license to sin. All right. To sleep around, to do drugs, do alcohol. I'm, I said the prayer. I walked the aisle. I said the sinner's prayer. I'm covered. Ten years ago I walked the aisle. I'm covered by grace. It doesn't work that way. And there is a teaching going around called hyper grace. Amen? So just be careful of these things. Amen? I believe in grace and I believe in teachings on grace. But sometimes it can be a little excessive. How many know you can't say a prayer, walk the aisle one day, break down, speak in tongues, Love Jesus and go out and live your own life. And figure your sin is covered by grace. It's a free gift, but you can give it back. Amen? Amen? And universalism. That teaching says that everybody's saved, they just don't know it yet. Everybody's going to heaven. Everybody's going to heaven. Everybody is going to, is saved because... That's, you know, what God's will is. And so they just don't know it yet. Some people don't. That's ridiculous too. Because everybody ain't saved. Right? There's a lot of people out there that call themselves Christians. But if you ain't walking the walk and talking the talk, I'm not sure. It's not our job to judge them. But how many of you know that the gate is narrow and ain't some big gate where everybody's going in and then character versus gifts um i've watched a lot of people that are anointed on tv anointed 
now podcasts or radio back then. And they're anointed to, to do certain, be used of God. Being used of God, I'll say this again and again, doesn't make you right with God. You can be used of God and not be right with God. Because the gifts and calling to God are without repentance. And God is looking at your character. I like to see longevity in broadcasts. Longevity in prayer lines. Longevity in TV. Longevity in radio. I see those come in for six, eight months, a year, year and a half, and they're gone. You don't see them anymore. Oh, but it was so anointed. Judas raised the dead. Judas healed the sick. Judas preached the gospel of the kingdom. Judas was used in signs, wonders, and miracles. God's not after our giftings. He's after our character. Are we on time when we say we're going to be on time? Are we honest on our tax returns? Are we honest the little things that we do with people? Things that build character. We say we're going to do something, do we do it? Are we a people of our word? Character. When I see somebody that's been on the radio for 25, 30 years or television, I say, hmm. How many of you have seen them come and go a year, year and a half, two years, they come and go? And not that God doesn't use them. So being used of God doesn't make you right with God. Amen. Being anointed of God doesn't make you right with God. Judas was anointed to do what he did. He preached the gospel of the kingdom. Judas did signs, wonders, and miracles. He cast out demons. I'm sorry to say, being used of God, he didn't make it. He split hell wide open. Now let's look at some things. Hey, man, now I got your eyes on that. Let's go back over here. Everybody say, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. See, in some of those teachings, Ghost. if they had the Holy Spirit, he would be tapping them on the shoulder. How many of you hear what I'm saying? When you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, or you're thinking something, or you're engaging in something, how many of you feel that little conviction going on? That's a good thing. When that stops, you're in trouble. People that have no conviction, people that just feel like, ah, oh, God will forgive me. I'll ask for forgiveness mm -hmm. later. No. That don't cut it. We need the Holy Ghost. He is part of the Trinity, but he's not like the least rung on the ladder. He is important. Jesus, he had to leave in order for the Holy Ghost to come. Right? Now, some of this is going to be a refresher for some of you. But let me tell you, when I, I meet with some people in my office sometimes, and, and they come in and uh, they're arguing or fighting or they're talking about commit adultery, very, very rare to hear them say this first. I've broken the heart of God. I have sinned. Not only against my wife, but against God. How do I get it right, Pastor, with God? 
You don't hear a lot of that. Oh, yeah. It's basically about why they sinned, how the other person didn't meet their needs or whatever. They were lured off. I want to hear how they have sinned against the Holy Spirit. How they have sinned against God. How do they get the relationship back right with God? That's what's key. Not all this other stuff. God's got grace for that. He's got his forgiveness for that. But I'll tell you, I don't see a lot of it. It's always pointing finger at the other mates. They do this. I don't point a thing at her. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's my honey bunny. Everybody say honey bunny. All right, let's look at this. Number one, these are basic stuff, but it helps you to remember. And I would encourage you, as you go through these, if something quickens to your spirit or a thought comes to you, play a flash prayer. A flash prayer. Say, Lord, change this in me. He hears your prayers. Let's go. Number one, this stuff is easy. Say easy. easy. Who is the Holy Spirit? Acts chapter 5, verse 3 and 4. Peter said to him, Ananias, why did you let Satan take control of you and make you lie to the Holy Spirit by keeping part of the money you received for the property? Before you sold the property, it belonged to you. And after you sold it, the money was yours. Why then did you decide to do such a thing? You've not lied to human beings. You've lied to God. Verse 4 said, last few words of what? You lied to God. Now put up verse 3 back on there. He made you control of you and made you lie to the Holy Spirit. Verse 3, he says you've lied to the Holy Spirit. Verse 4 says you've lied to who? God. They're one and the same. So number one, Holy Spirit is God. Number two. The Holy Spirit, for number two, is a person. So if you thought that the Holy Spirit was some agent or some force that served the other two, that there's the Father, the Son, and then the Holy Spirit's down here. No. The Holy Spirit is God. So rearrange and say, Lord, let me think different. That's right. Amen. All right, number two. The Holy Spirit is a person, John 14, 16. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may... Yeah, ab- that, that what? That he, say he, may abide with you forever. Hmm. Say he. The Holy Spirit is a person. Next, please. Number three, the Holy Spirit is eternal. That's the blank, eternal. Hebrews 9, 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works? So it calls him right there. To serve the living God. Spirit. So he's not here just until the end of this age. He's not just here until the world is over. He's not just here until Jesus comes back. 
He's the eternal spirit. After Jesus comes back, after a thousand years millennial reign, after the judgment, after the white throne judgment, he is eternal, yeah. not temporary. Amen? Number four, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Truth. John fourteen seventeen. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. In verse 13 of chapter 16, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. Sometimes when I have a situation, I will pray that. Holy Spirit of truth, show me who's lying here. Show me where the truth is, Holy Spirit. But see, years ago when I was first saved, I'd pray to Jesus. Now I know a more excellent way. I've learned. Holy Spirit of truth, who's lying? Which of these two is false? Amen. Next one. Number five, the Holy Spirit was involved in creation. Look at the Holy Ghost in creation, Genesis 1-2. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So we see Jesus, we see God the Father, and we see the Holy Ghost in creation. And he's what? Eternal. And I get this thinking. I was raised in denominational church. There was the Father, the Son, and then the Holy Spirit. The Father, the Son, and then the Holy Spirit. Like he's something that serves the other two. Like the, the Holy Spirit is a Father, the Son, and then the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, after the fact of the Father, the Son, then comes the Holy Spirit. No, 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 no. It's your thinking. He's eternal. He was existed there in the creation. He'll be here after this world passes away. They're co-equal. It's not Father, Son, and then the Holy Spirit. That's bad thinking. Those of you think like that, put your hand on your head. I know I thought like that for years. Father, Son, and then the Holy Spirit. Say, Lord, Lord change my thinking. Change my thinking. He's God. He's God. He's eternal. That's right. He's not lesser than. He's not subject to. Amen. Number six. The Holy Spirit using people. Using people. Wrote the Bible. Second Peter 1.21 For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. They spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. See, th this is not a life or death situation, but it's just, we're learning things. Like, you'd sit down on days past, oh God, thank you Jesus for the Bible. Thank you Jesus. Holy Spirit gave you this. Okay. That's okay, God understands. Holy Spirit gave you this. So you say, thank you Jesus, thank you Holy Spirit. For your word. Amen. He gave Plus, the prophets. When you're studying the word of God, Jesus doesn't come down and sit next to you 
Are you following this? God the Father doesn't, you don't hear an audible voice coming out of the heavens. But what's going on is you're studying the word. You're hearing in your mind, thoughts in your mind, revelation. God's showing you things through what? The spirit. Your thoughts. He's showing you clearly. You're looking at, how many of you have looked at a scripture and thought, man, I never saw that before. That's the Holy Ghost. He gives you that discernment. You're standing or sitting talking to somebody, and he's speaking to your mind. He's lying. She's lying. They're not telling you everything. Where is that coming from? That is why Jesus ascended, so that the Holy Spirit could come and function, speaking to our minds, speaking to our hearts. Amen? So now instead of saying, thank you, Jesus, for showing me that, you say, thank you, Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. I understand. He's not an afterthought. But I know uh, for some of us, that's how it was kind of brought to us. Father, Son, and then the Holy Spirit. No. Look at your neighbor say he's not a second-class citizen. <laughs> Good. Number seven. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. Amen? John 14, 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. So that particular word, Comforter, in the Greek represents Not comfort only, but represents teaching. Now, he's also the comforter when you're going through something. Uh, I can remember, uh, I was just sharing this with someone today, but back in 1990, I lost my mother, my father, uh, a baby, and my dog, all in five weeks, back in 1990. And there were a lot of days where I would just sit in the presence of the Lord and cry my little heart out. But I felt a peace. I felt a comfort. What was that? That was the Holy Spirit comforting me. How many of you can relate to that? The comforter, the one that just, you feel safe. You feel, in, you know, embraced in his love. That's the comforter, the Holy Ghost. He will teach you all things. Yes. So in the meantime, you thought it was Jesus teaching you, didn't you? Some of you. Thank you, Jesus, for showing me that. Thank you for teaching me. It's just the Holy Spirit. Amen. Say, God understands. God understands. But now we know a more excellent way. Amen. The next two are similar, but they are different. Number eight, the Holy Spirit can be grieved. Grieved. Ephesians 4.30. And number nine, the Holy Spirit can be quenched. All right. So that's grieved. Let's look at grieved first. And quenched. The word grieved in the Greek means do not hide. It means great. Do not hide. No, No, I'm sorry. The word grieved means a great distress. A great distress. To someone. To someone. A great distress to someone. Look at Ephesians 4.30. And grieve not or don't stress someone out. Don't stress the Holy Ghost out of God, whereby you are sealed to the day of redemption. Great distress to someone. The next one, number nine, Holy Spirit can be quenched. 
Okay, 1 Thessalonians 5.19, quench not the Holy Ghost. So, don't put out the life or the fire of the Spirit. So when you quench something, you blow it out. Like you quench, some, uh, if you have a fire going and you throw water on it, you quenched it, right? Whereas grieved means don't stress out the Holy Ghost. Don't grieve him. Don't make him want to throw his hands up in the air and say, oh, man. How many of you hear what I'm saying? How about, uh, I've, had, I've had people say to me, uh, I was right in the middle of doing something, and I knew I shouldn't be doing it, and I could just feel the Holy Ghost leave. Ever been there? You know when you're kind of like, okay, I don't do this. Don't listen to this. Don't watch this. Whatever. Good. Number 10. The Holy Spirit will be the one who convicts. Ah. Look at this in John 16. Some of these verses you know already, but yeah. make those adjustments, those quick flash prayers. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. That's Jesus talking. Yeah. For if I go not away, if I don't go away, the comforter won't come to you. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. He goes away. Remember in Acts? Yeah. I go, send the Holy Spirit to speak to the apostles and to the chosen. And when he comes, he'll reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to, to, to come. To come. So the Holy Ghost the Holy Ghost is that little tap on your shoulder, that little nudge mm -mm. telling you don't do mm -mm. this. Mm -mm. Or mm -mm. if you've done it, the Holy Ghost is the one going, huh? It's wrong. Okay. And, and this is typical. I'll say it again and again so you get it. We would normally say, oh, thank you, Jesus, for showing me that. I'm sorry, Jesus. I didn't mean, thank you for showing me that, Jesus. How many have done that? Thank you, Jesus. For it's not Jesus convicting you of that wrong. It's the Holy Ghost. He's the one convicting you. Amen. Be careful when people say to you, I don't feel any conviction. Mm. You know, when people say that to me, I say, well, you better get back on your face and pray. Because when you don't feel any conviction, that could mean you've grieved the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to stay convicted. I want God to nudge me, push me, whatever, when I do wrong. How in the world will you walk this walk if there's no conviction? I've had people say that. Well, I don't feel bad. Well, man... Good for you. So, so don't take this as a downer. No. We're not trying to say, hey, you, you know, God's going to judge you on judgment day because you've been saying, thank you, Jesus, for convicting me of my sin. No, this is just a minor adjustment that's so easy to see. It will just take time to look at it. 
Here you think it's Jesus showing you your sins. It's not. I want you he to develop a relationship here. with the Holy Ghost. Yeah, that's He's the one that will convict you of your sin. He's the one who will say, no, it's wrong. You can't do it. Don't have a release or peace about it. It's the Holy Spirit. Jesus is gone. He doesn't speak to you anymore. He speaks to you through the Holy Ghost. All right, next one. Now, number 11, the Holy Spirit is our guide. Is our, in the first blank, and then guide. How many of you thank God that the Holy Ghost guides you? Look at John 16, 13 again. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, there it is, he will guide you into all truth. See, the Holy Ghost doesn't talk about himself. He always, that's why we need to get that understanding. The Holy Spirit will always point you to the Father. Jesus always pointed us to the Father. So they're all three in one, but the Holy Spirit will always turn you to Jesus and the Father. Does that make sense? He's not about himself. All right, look at number 12. The Holy Spirit speaks only what Father gives him to say. And I picked the Good News Bible here for a better version to understand this. All this is King James Version, except this is the King News, uh, the Good News translation. When, however, the Spirit comes, who reveals the truth about God, he will lead you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but he will speak of what he hears and will tell you of things to come. When you hear prophetic words, that wasn't because somebody rubbed a genie lamp. <laughs> Hello? You get a prophetic word from a reputable someone who's really a prophetic voice. That's the Spirit of God speaking through them, right? That's important. Fill in the blank there is. Holy Spirit speaks only what Father, Father gives him to say. Now, Jesus only spoke what the Father said. So what can we learn from that? Say less, listen more. <laughs> I've been, I always pray and say, God, let me be a woman of few words. I don't want to speak a lot. Okay, look at 13. The Holy Spirit will predict the future. The Holy Spirit is the one that knows the future. John 16, 13 says it again. Look to the middle of that scripture. For he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he, he, he hears, that he speaks, and he will show you things to come. Good. The Holy Spirit will predict the future, show you things to come. Number 14. The Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus. There it is, points you to Jesus. John 16, 14. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and he shall show it unto you. The Holy Spirit will always lead you to lift up Jesus. 
Good. Fifteen. The Holy Spirit can be blasphemed. All right, that word, blasphemed. Look at Matthew 12, 31. Wherefore, I say to you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. But the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. You know, even the Islamic faith believe in blasphemy against Allah. There's a woman right now living in Canada. Her name is Asia Baba. She became a Christian. And to them, the Islamic faith, you're blaspheming their God because you've accepted Christ and made Christ your God. That's a crime where she came from. That was a crime. She went to prison for six years. A mother of three children. It went to the highest, that would be like the equivalent of our Supreme Court, our federal government. And they released her from blasphemy charges. It's punishable by death. Look her up online. Her name is Asia Baba. Punishable by death because she made Jesus Lord. She's now living in Canada. God answered her prayer. Amen. I pray for that woman every day for like five years. I found out about a year after into this. Every day for five years. Many people across the world pray for her. And she got released. Can you imagine being away from your children for six years in prison? For believing in Jesus? Amen? Next one. But what is blasphemy? I don't want to get into what blaspheme of the Holy Spirit is now. It's just that we can blaspheme the Holy Spirit. But it is. Taking an act of God and right. there's more to it than but it is high, people get very nervous about that. Yeah. It is highly unlikely that any of us have ever blasphemed the Holy Spirit because you have to do it with knowledge. So that'd be taking something the Holy Spirit did and attributing it to the devil. Yep. And you wouldn't be here tonight. Yeah. Amen. All right. 16. The Holy Spirit is our reminder. He is our reminder. Look at John 14, 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said to you. So he causes you to remember. Now, you have to get the word of God in you so that he can cause you to remember it. Does that make sense? People have said to me, well, I don't read the word much. Well, then don't expect the word to come back to your remembrance because <laughs> it's got to go in in order to come out. Does that make sense? So when you're reading scriptures, don't be discouraged because you can't memorize them or you know, it's not sticking or whatever. Keep reading those scriptures because at the most least expected time, all of a sudden, you'll get that scripture to your remembrance. And it'll blow your mind because it'll be right when you need it. All right. Number 17. The Holy Spirit gives power. How many of you need the Holy Ghost power? Amen. Amen. Acts 1 8. 
He shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And look at this. This is the important part. And you shall be witnesses to me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. What is that saying to us? That when we witness to people, when we speak the word of God to people, when we approach people and uh, talk to them about Christ, it is the power of the Holy Spirit that takes over. That's not you. That wasn't you with a great idea. That's a power that is sp spoken of in Acts 1.8. I walked into the doctor's office last Monday, and I had to go for a test. So I'm laying on this table, and the nurse is just telling me, she goes, now, just, you know, lay there quietly. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit says, when you get up, right to my mind, I got the thought. When you get up, ask her if she needs prayer for anything. So I don't think nothing of it. I just thought, okay, he didn't say to me, she doesn't know me, pray with her. He said simply, when you sit up, ask her if she needs prayer for anything. Now, how many of you would immediately think, I don't know if I should say that. But I just sat up, and I looked at her. She goes, okay, everything's good. I said, before I go, I said, can I just ask you a question? She says, sure. I said, do you need prayer for anything? She busts out crying, and she says, I don't know how you knew, but yes, I just got the word yesterday night. My brother is dying of cancer. So I took her brother's name down, her name down, and she hugged me crying, and she says, thank you. Thank you. I says, well, obviously, we're going to pray. She goes, yes, I know Jesus can make a difference. Are you getting this? Her and her brother are both Christians already. But Amen. They gave him a diagnosis of six months. See, normally in the old days, I would say, thank you, Jesus, for showing me that. But now, over the years, I want to say, thank you, Holy Ghost. Amen. That's not wrong the other way, but there's a more excellent way. Does that make sense? I say, thank you, Holy Ghost, for showing me that. Versus, thank you, Jesus. Amen? Number 18, the Holy Spirit manifests through various spiritual gifts. All right, look at 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 10. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Capital S means Holy Spirit in Scripture. So in the meantime, you say, oh, thank you, Jesus, for the word of knowledge. No. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the word of knowledge. Thank you, Jesus, for that wisdom. No. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for the wisdom. See? Verse 10. Go to ahead. another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. So you pray for somebody, and they get off of drugs, or alcohol, or you see a miracle of healing. And the first thing you want to say is, thank you, Jesus. We have to condition ourselves and say, thank you, Holy Spirit. He's the one with gifts of healing. Jesus is what? He's gone up! He's way! But we're so conditioned in charismatic Pentecostal churches. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. And he understands it's not wrong, but there's a more higher way to say, thank you, Holy Ghost. 
Amen. Remember, we've been trained, especially if you came out of denominational churches, Father, Son, and then the Holy Ghost. He's subservient. He's something less than the other two. He's not. He's eternal. You know, you can compare it to, um, he wants relationship with you, too. It's like when the other day, um, I walked into the office, and a person was standing there, and they looked at me and go, oh, you're Jerry's wife. And I just looked at them, and I said, yeah. And that was it. They sat down. And I just leaned over, and I said, I have a name. Her name is Cheryl. Now, that wasn't bad, but you get what I'm saying? He wants to be the Holy Spirit in your life. He wants relationship, too. He has a name. Good. Okay. Now, this is key, because this is what he does. Look at 19. The Holy Spirit directs people to Jesus. He's the one that makes Jesus real to us. Now, look at John 15, 26. But when the Comforter has come, whom I'll send to you from the Father... Even the spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. He Jesus. shall testify. He shall lift up. Yeah. He shall witness. He shall yeah. talk about me. Fill in the blank there is. Jesus. Jesus. Number 20. The Holy Spirit manifests through various fruits. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. King James Version. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. The fruit of the what? Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit. Capital S, Holy Spirit. Not thank you, Jesus, for more love in my life. Thank you, Jesus, for more joy. Thank you, Jesus, for more peace. Thank you, Jesus, that you're making me gentle and good and kind and giving me faith. It's thank you, Holy Spirit. That's right. Keep going. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, Goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. That's right. So give credit where credit is due. Thank you, Jesus, for making me more, more lovable. We say that, don't we? Now we just say, thank you, Holy Ghost, for making me more lovable. He's the one that gives you those gifts. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, for giving me more patience. Or thank you, Holy Ghost, for giving me more patience. Amen. And number 21, the Holy Spirit gives what? Put the scripture up, Acts 4.31. Gives renewed. I don't know what this word is. What is that? Put it up on the screen. We'll get okay. It. All right. And when they had prayed... The place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. So that blank is renewed boldness. All right. Can't even read our own writing. Praise the Lord. Renewed boldness. How many of you have found that the longer you walk with God, you need that refreshing? You need to get bold again. You need to get excited and passionate again. That's why I love when you got a bunch of new Christians walking around. They're so on fire. They're like you can't even contain them. And here we all are just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
We need yeah. that. We need that excitement, that boldness, that, you know, wow, yes. You'll say, yeah, I've heard this before. Yeah, you've heard it in scripture before. But how have you been acknowledging? Yes, almost all of us here have heard these scriptures before. But have you been saying, thank you, Jesus? We should be saying, thank you, what? Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. Amen? Let me show you a clip. Uh, we shared this about two and a half, three years ago. Uh, it's from the movie, a Christian movie. It's about how the Holy Spirit came to the earth. Just a, someone's version, but I kind of liked it for tonight. This is after the presentation. They're in the upper room. John, wake up. All of you. Mm. Wake. Come. What are we doing? We're praying. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Look with me as we close at Ephesians 5.18. This is a truth that we need to get deep down in our spirit. He says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now when we read that, we automatically think we get filled and it's a one-time fill-up. But if you study that in the Greek, it means to, and we put it right there for you to study, it means to be filled again and again and keep on being filled up. How many of you have ever driven your car forever and you never go get it filled up again? Doesn't work that way, does it? You got to go to the gas station and fill up. 
When you pray in the Holy Ghost, when you spend that quality time with God, when you are pressing in and studying the word, when you are allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to your mind, when you are convicted when you are not doing what is right, when there is sin in your life and you're dealing with it, but you keep pressing through and saying, okay, God, forgive me, change me, Lord. All that going on is the Holy Ghost filling you up, refilling, refilling. And when you walk around, even throughout your day, pray in the Holy Ghost. When you're driving your car, pray in the Holy Ghost. When I go to bed at night, when I go to bed and I lay my head on the pillow, if I, uh, before I even go to sleep, I'm like, Father, I'm going to pray in tongues till I sleep. And man, I'm praying in tongues till I fall out. Because that is putting that filling and infilling and infilling into your spirit. And that is what produces good stuff in your walk with God. Does that make sense? Amen. Let us pray tonight. If you're here on a Sunday night in church, I know you all know Jesus. Amen. <laughs> but let's pray for sensitivity to yes. his Holy Spirit. Yes. And there's a thing called the baptism, which I wasn't really planning to teach on tonight, but uh, it has nothing to do with being born again or having eternal life, but it's with the endowment of power. It is available to everyone who believes. It's called speaking in tongues. That's the outward evidence. If you've never received your heavenly language and you'd like to tonight, I will personally pray for you. Amen? Just see me at the end of service for personal ministry. But more than anything tonight, I want you to catch this mentality. Not Father, Son, and then the Holy Ghost. They're equal. And it's okay, you've been thanking Jesus for everything. Now it's time to say, thank you, Holy Ghost. Look at all the scriptures. There's more. I just picked 21. I could have gone on and on of more things the Holy Spirit does. Now, most of you have read the Bible. You've seen it there, but you've never seen it all at once. Here's 21 things, and there's a lot more. Holy Spirit wants relationship with you. He wants you to have a sensitivity to him. When I was an early Christian, I read a book that changed my life radically. It was written by somebody who don't like his name, but I'm going to say anyways, Benny Hinn. Uh, he wrote a book called Come Holy Spirit. And the secret of his power was his relationship with the Holy Spirit. And that book, at the time, radically changed me. And that was 25, 30 years ago. Come Holy Spirit, it's called. But I want to encourage you. I've got extra of these handouts if you, if for Bible studies or people you want to share it with. You're welcome to take them. Place them on the thing there. And let's pray. How many here want another sensitivity to the Holy Spirit? Amen. I want to say it one more time so you get it. It's not Father, Son, and then the Holy Ghost. He's not subservient to the other two. He's not inferior to the other two. He is God. He is eternal. He existed in the beginning. And he'll be here after we're long gone. And in the end, he's eternal. He's just as much God as Jesus. He's just as much God as the Father. Let's give him honor where honor is due tonight. Jesus, 
Pray with me. Say, Lord, give me a sensitivity to your Holy Ghost. Let me apply what I've learned tonight. And Father, I thank you for being gracious with me and understanding me when I give honor to Jesus when it should be somewhere else. It should be the Holy Spirit. But Lord, I'm going to apply and walk a new way. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for a new sensitivity, a new relationship, a new communion, a new intimacy with you. Amen. Thanks to the sound crew that yes. labored with oh. us tonight, putting all them scriptures they, in. They didn't get this to like you 6 guys are or 6 awesome. Yeah, awesome. I love God. you, Val. Amen. Amen. All right. We're going to receive our seed offering tonight if you'd like to give or you have late tithe. Okay. And then take some of these handouts. And you could do a Bible study at work. You could do one in your home. But share these truths with people. Amen? Bring souls into the kingdom. Use these teachings. Praise the Lord. Let's read our scripture together out of Proverbs. I love this scripture. Generosity brings prosperity. But withholding from charity brings poverty. Those who live to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them. And the one who pours out his life to pour out blessings will be saturated with favor. Thank you, God, that we are being saturated with favor. Amen. Present your seed or late tithe and offerings. God bless you. Let's prepare for the announcements as Chaplain L'Oreal comes. Amen. Remember, personal ministry and personal prayer will be available after service. Keep conversations. We want you to fellowship. There's some great cookies back there and uh, some bottled water. We want you to fellowship. Keep it to the lobby, your conversation, and keep the sanctuary for prayer and personal ministry. Amen.